We are here to share our stories, experience, and give a platform for others to talk about the no-nos. We are not medical or healthcare professionals. Anything heard here is just based from our human experience, and should you have any medical or mental health challenges, we encourage you to seek professional support. Our content isn't suitable for children, and please be aware it may be triggering. This is Chelsea. This is Catherine. And we're, and we're talking, talking about, about the, the no-nos. no-nos. <laughs> we'll never Man. get over it. <laughs> no, every time. It's going to get us every time until we're together again. In person (laughs) instead of just in spirit. For sure. (sighs) So, how you guys doing? How you doing, Chelsea? It's hot. It's hot. It is hot. hot. It is really hot. So, today's episode, I call it COVID-19 grief. Mm. So, we had um, the episode before that aired, or maybe not before this, but you, by the time you guys are listening to this, you will have... Whitney's episode on grief would have aired Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it was before the whole pandemic and quarantine and all that stuff. And so we wanted to have Whitney back on and just kind of talk about grief Mm -hmm. during the quarantine and COVID-19 and all that stuff. So, um, we brought her back. Thank you for coming back, Whitney. Thanks for having me back. You're welcome. Grief is something that we're all experiencing right now. And so mm-hmm. we just thought we needed an updated version of our grief podcast during this time. So mm-hmm. I'll start us off with the quote bomb and then we'll jump in. So today's quote bomb is by David Kessler. Grief is the death of something. I like that quote because I think so many times we think of grief as only a person. Mm-hmm. And during this time, every single person is grieving something. Yeah. Yeah. So I felt like that was appropriate for this conversation slash. I just found out about this guy and he's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> now you're obsessed. I'm so I'm obsessed. So we I can felt, talk about yes. the obsession together. We can talk about it later, but thank you for coming back on Whitney. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me back on. I'm, um, I think it is. It's so important for us to kind of just shed a light and just make sure that people know. I mean, obviously there's other podcasts that are doing this, but maybe if people already listen to you guys and they're not hearing this, it's just important for everyone. Like get the masses Mm -hmm. together, make sure they hear (laughs) that the feelings that they're experiencing right now through all this is grief. And some people haven't experienced grief as it relates to the way that we typically think of it, whether, you know, Mm -hmm. it's the loss of a parent, a spouse, whoever in their life that they loved is how we typically think of grief. But it doesn't have to be. And that, your, your quote is perfect because it doesn't have to be a person. It's the loss of anything, the death mm-hmm. of a relationship, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think that it's good to be getting the word out that this, I, I feel like, if anything, like after we recorded the podcast, because grief is something that I'm just kind of fascinated by, I think once this all started happening, like I instantly kind of saw that like, okay, yeah, this people are totally losing their s because of, this is grief <laughs> and all yeah. i could think was oh wow maybe this is gonna i mean not all i could think clearly i was thinking of like where am i actually gonna buy toilet paper but <laughs> in addition <laughs> to that i was thinking this could be really wonderful for us as like a population to mm-hmm. become better and more empathetic and more understanding when people, once we've now are collectively experiencing this kind of grief, like maybe all of us can be that much more empathetic when someone is experiencing their own 
specific to them kind of grief too, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, good. That is a really good point. That is really an insight. And I loved that you were talking about the feelings and the collective grief. And um, I was reading an article with David Hessler and the title for the article, I just was like, so stoked on is that it says that discomfort you're feeling is grief. Right now in this pandemic, this COVID-19 time, that discomfort you're feeling, because I think part of what you're talking about is as a society, we've been pretty disconnected from grief and what that feels like and looks like and how to be with people that are grieving. And so to state that the discomfort you're feeling is grief, I was just like, yes. Yeah. Well, and like I think that too, nails it. And, and like, I think discomfort is good to as like an umbrella term for all of the actual feelings within that discomfort, whether that's mm-hmm. anger, whether that's, you know, just crying randomly. I mean, like um, Chelsea on the last episode, when you guys were talking about quarantine stuff and you talked about the, some good news with um, the office guy, that's it. Guy's mm-hmm. name? John Krasinski. Thank you. Um, I was like, me too. I re- I'm not a crier at all. I literally cry from like the moment he comes on to the moment it ends. I'm just randomly crying about every cute thing that's on it. Like, yeah. I, and I was like trying to explain that I've been having my virtual therapy sessions with my amazing therapist. And I was like, trying I to, love it. I was like, I don't even actually know how to explain it. Like, I literally feel like the wind could blow a certain way and I could cry about it. Like, I, I just feel like every moment I'm going to cry about something like either good or bad. Like Brady, my son and daughter were like being really cute and they made up their own. I mean, it's going to make me cry talking about it. It was so freaking cute. They made up their own handshake together. Like. Brady was telling, showing us all of his different handshakes that he misses doing with all of his buddies. And then him and, and then he's like, Darby, we should make our own handshake. And then he did all this Aww. stuff. That she, they're six years apart. And like, she definitely couldn't keep up with it. <laughs> like, so she's trying her best. And then she goes, and then we go like this at the end. And she like gives him this giant hug. And I was like, Aww. Oh my God. That's the I've ever seen. I literally was like falling about it. Like, <laughs> it was so cute. And I think I would it was like, fall. Even if I wasn't, I'm about to start bawling right now. Just (laughs) hearing that story, it's so sweet. Validating me, Um, having a handshake with somebody is a big deal. That's a big deal. That's huge. That's a huge bond. And then since they've like, they really do do their little handshake. It's so cute. And I love it. Trying to explain to my therapist, I'm like, this is so not me though. Like, I'm not the like cry over a commercial kind of person at all. And I was like, I literally don't even know what's happening to me. And she's like. The way she explained it to me just made me feel like I could see it. You know, like it was a very visual way of explaining it. That like in a situation like this, that's grief, where all of our emotions are just like up at the surface. Like it's all just like Mm. right here, like ready to brim over whatever the emotion is. Like whether it's sadness, whether it's happiness, all of it is so like raw and right at the top. And like any moment, one of those emotions could just like bubble over. And I was like, oh oh, yeah, totally. Like, cause yeah. And just the same that I would be, in a snap so angry and in a snap laughing like a maniac like I've had true laugh attacks that I don't normally I do I am a laugh attack kind of person but like to the point where I like literally scared my children like Brady was like what is wrong with you <laughs> like I couldn't stop like actually like that was like maybe my most favorite part of quarantine like actually terrifying my children by laughing too hard but, like, but it's like so true though that, like all of our emotions are just all over the place and you don't really know how things are going to settle and how it's going to land. And that's exactly how I felt after my dad, yeah. after I lost my job. Like these big lo- losses that I've suffered are, it's like, it brings me back to those, you know, brings me back mm. to like those, that sense of what I was feeling 
in those times. And it's just like, yeah, further proof. <laughs> like, yep, yep, yep. This is definitely grief. Oh, for sure. I wanted to talk to you, Whitney. This is like a perfect segue for that. I know that during this quarantine specifically, you um, have had some big dates with your dad. I believe it was his birthday and it was also the date of his passing. And I kind of wanted you to speak on that, if how different that was, or if it was different, or just kind of speak on grief, on something you were grieving before this new grief. You get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So since I've, I'm in a few years into this, like I'm, this was the, the sixth year anniversary of losing him. So in those six years, like we've definitely established like what I needed, like I needed some kind of way to feel like I was like commemorating his birthday for lack of a better word, honoring him on his birthday, whatever. I didn't want that day to just kind of like go and act like it never happened. And then same for the day of his anniversary. Like there's been, it's in it, the anniversary one kind of is different every year because sometimes it's like on the weekend or sometimes it's near Easter and I can get together with my sisters. So that one, I don't have as much like, true tradition around but his birthday was really hard because so it was March 22nd was his birthday he would have been 65 and I just was like I kind of like the day but I and I kind of always do like right around his birthday kind of get a little bit more like melancholy about stuff but Mm -hmm. again it was like all heightened so I was really kind of just in my feelings and um I kind of just knew like the things that we do, which are all terribly unhealthy things, <laughs> but like my dad had like certain, he didn't like love, he wasn't like a booty kind of guy at all. He had like his certain things. He loved Pepsi. He loved Panda Express and he loved Oreo cookies. So every year on his birthday, I um, really eat like a health champion and, like, <laughs> dinner and we have Oreo cookies for dessert. And like, I literally drink Pepsi once a year. Like I do not drink Pepsi. I do not like Pepsi, but it's like a way to just feel like connected to him. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I just have liked that I've been able to do that over the years, but like, yeah, right. We were not going to the store on March 22nd to buy these things that are totally frivolous, completely unnecessary. And we were, we're obviously trying to go to the store as least often as possible. So mm-hmm. I think on his birthday, I did, I've, you know, I talked to think, did I talk about it on the last podcast? My like chalk stuff, or you talked about yes. it on one of the quarantine podcasts that I had like been yeah, doing. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah. yeah. So I've been doing like my chalk. So I did um, like a chalk that was just kind of like in memory of him. Um, no, actually I did that on his anniversary. So I don't think I did anything like particularly on his birthday. Like I didn't, I couldn't even like muster, like putting together like a post for his birthday. Maybe I did. I don't even remember. I just know that I felt very much in a funk about it. And then it didn't hit me until that night how much of a funk I really was in until my son, mm-hmm. nine, who's now had six years of this tradition, he's like, wait, today's Papa's birthday. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, cause we had mentioned it mm-hmm. and he's like getting ready for bed. And he's like, we never got Oreos. Why don't we do that? And I'm like, well, cause we already gone to the store like last week. And like, we're not going to go to the store just to buy Oreos. And he was just like, what? Like he was just, he was so sad and he like just went to bed, like not bawling or anything, but you could just tell, like you just see, he was all like defeated. And he was just like, that's mm. so sad. And I'm like, mm, a lot of sad stuff going on right now. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you're right. That is sad. It's sad that we don't get to do this. So the next time Ryan went to the store, we did, and we did like a little happy birthday to Papa kind of thing. So like, that was really hard. And then like on his actual day, like the anniversary of the passing, um, we usually, like I bought like years ago, I bought a boatload of these like biodegradable safe for the environment they put on the package whether or not this is true i don't know um, <laughs> these balloons that like when you blow them up they're really big and they look like doves they're really awesome there's like for weddings and stuff 
four funerals. Um, so I bought a head, bought like them years ago. And every year we go take like one per, per each of us and we blow it up with helium at the grocery store, bring it home, write a note on it and like release them. So we didn't get to do that this year. I wasn't going to go to the grocery store and like fill up freaking balloons with helium. And Brady was so bummed out and just really sad. Like he was just like, this sucks. This isn't mm. fair. Like I wanted to do that. And I was like, well, you can still write Papa a note. He's like, no, I'm not doing that. Like he was just kind of annoyed by it. Right. So that was, it was just hard. And again, just kind of made me feel very empathetic towards how, how lucky I am that I'm, I'm able to like be feeling like this and like grieve the way that I am six years after the fact, like, I don't even actually know how people that are dealing with people who have actually died from anything. Like it could be from COVID-19. It could be from a whatever, a heart attack, whatever, a million other things, a car accident, blah, blah, blah. And they're not even allowed to do anything. Like thinking about that, like thinking yeah. about the collective grief that we're all feeling and then thinking about people that actually have like additional grief by like losing someone they love in the middle of this is so yeah. horrible to me. Like it actually like keeps me up at night, like thinking about how mm. horrendous that must be. Like, it's just so, I can't imagine. I can't, I just know how important it was for me to like have that closure and be able to plan something to honor him and his life and like mm. reading and hearing about people having like zoom, whatever, like funeral celebration of life kind of thing i'm just like oh my god i can't imagine that's literally so terrible like yeah. it's so much it's a lot and I, I mean i do i really do feel grateful that i'm years into this like if it was the first year after i probably would have been a lot bigger mess you know the first year after me and my sisters and all the kids got together we like girls only girls and babies only <laughs> and we like did our own thing because it's, it's a hard thing, especially the first time. Yeah. So there's people that are going through the first time. There's people that are experiencing brand new loss. It's yeah. a lot. It is a yeah. lot. There's a lot of grief on top of grief on top of grief and layer during this whole right. thing. Mm-hmm. For sure. Right. Totally. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been weird. And then of course you're just like, of course, anytime, like there's anything going on that's bigger or you, you know, you'd want to call them because you, oh my God, like listen to this crazy thing that happened. Uh, clearly you'd want to be talking to your freaking whoever that you lost about a global pandemic, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, I wonder what he would be thinking. I wonder what he would be saying. I wonder, you know, and like, and then also like reading and hearing about people that are in the middle of like cancer treatment have had some places have had to like stop their chemotherapy or mm-hmm. stop anything that is like immunosuppressive. It's like, that is so terrifying. And then thinking too about the people that have those people in their lives that are in like in stages of cancer and they can't go be with them or whatever kind of thing that could be causing them to be separated and like beyond like a short timetable of being here any much longer is so overwhelmingly sad to me like so sad so yeah yeah, I had like an entire therapy session about that (laughs) I was like I'm just like having a very hard time with like turning like my empathy down a bit like I'm just feeling so much for other people that I don't actually know how to stop feeling like so many feelings for people that are actually I don't I don't even know that I just conjured up in my head (laughs) it's hard yeah I I relate to that with the you know thinking about all of these people experiencing so many different things and being like a highly empathetic person and um, like a very sensitive and attuned to other people's feelings type of person. I have more difficulty with my own feelings. Um, but with, with other people, I'm like, I see you, I see you, I feel you, you know, and there's just so much happening for so many people and it's extremely um, devastating. Like it's just devastating 
globally devastating, which I feel like everyone realizes and that it can be in so many different ways. And talking about like you were talking about, you know, um, loss that you've already experienced, but now you're doing, I feel like when we've had loss, especially of, you know, a parent, which all of us have had, every time there's like a new thing, I feel like um, that grief like stirs in a different way, even if it's been a long period of time or something, every time there's kind of a first, right? Like the first wedding, the first kid born, whatever, like that grief comes up in a way that totally kind of takes you (laughs) for a loop because maybe you weren't expecting that because that's not necessarily always so forward for you over like after a certain, you know, amount of time sometimes. And we're going through something new, right? Right. Like this pandemic is a totally new thing, experiencing life in a totally different way. And I do, I see myself like thinking about things that, and being like sad and stuff about things that I, I haven't even thought about for like a couple of years or something. Mm-hmm. And um, I just feel like all those first, right, really do stir things up more too. So totally. I've been thinking about that this this past couple of weeks. And I think that's like such a, like, so true about just grief in general is that like we talked about in my episode and like the quote of just like, you're, you learned how to swim, but like, there are going to be times where that water does get trickier to navigate. And like, you're not ready. Like you weren't, none of us were ready (laughs) to like have rough seas ahead. And all of us are trying to like deal with this new kind of like the grief of just normalcy as well as the other weird griefs parts of like the people that we lost. So it's just like a lot and it's just complicated. And I, I really do feel like there are tons of people that have had maybe, maybe I shouldn't say tons. There are a lot of people in our like age demographic that maybe have only lost. And I don't want to say oh, that's shit crappy of me to say only, but like maybe they've lost a grandparent, which I think everyone is kind of more just kind of prepared for. Um, And they haven't, maybe they haven't lost anyone aside from that, or maybe they still have their grandparents. Right. So Mm -hmm. there's just a lot of people that have maybe not experienced grief of a loved one. And this also, I think too, all of us have, when we are in this like early stages of grief, like you just kind of, you know, and we know now in the middle of this kind of grief that like everything is kind of raw and all everything's heightened and everyone's just, everyone's just punchy and cagey and, I decided effective immediately. I'm not going anywhere near freaking Facebook because people are crazy and losing their minds over everything. <laughs> and then I'm like, God, why is everyone so insane? Like, why do you think this is okay to like spout off like this? Like what is happening? Yes. And then I'm like, Oh my God. It's like, everyone is actually dealing with this. Like it would be like, yeah, like the way I felt when my dad died, if everyone in the world also had their dad die <laughs> like, at the exact same time, you know, like, it's just, of course, I was crazy. And I was probably quick to be a jerk to people on whatever in real life on social media, whatever. So I just have realized for myself, it's not worth it. <laughs> to get I like that you realize that though, that you're aware <laughs> and you like set a self boundary, right? Which yeah. we have like our like, boundaries. It's just, yeah, it's so, not, which it's I not feel like it. is also a good thing to review right now in so many ways as well is like, we just really need some boundaries in our life because yes. everything is so crazy. We need boundaries with other people, boundaries with ourselves, yes. what we do, what yeah. we spend our time on, what we're reading. Yes. Yeah. Like, yes. I what's think- going to fill you up? I think that's a great thing to talk about. 
let's talk about each of us kind of like, what are the boundaries that you're setting or what are like kind of the things that are helping you get through this? Right. So our whole, the whole point of navigate the loss. Yeah. Like to navigate it. And you're, I loved what you said, Whitney, like this is a lot of people, this is the first big grief that they've ever dealt with. Mm -hmm. And grief is different for everyone and everyone handles it differently. And like, I think a lot of people don't even realize that they're grieving right now. They just don't know why they're whatever feeling. And so I think it would be, I think we should go around and just kind of say some of the things that are, are good boundaries that we're doing are helpful Mm -hmm. things or just not helpful. Do you want to start Catherine? Sure. I'll start. I also wanted to just kind of talk about like some of my specific griefs that not, that maybe isn't considered like an intense grief that I'm feeling right now. Just so Mm -hmm. like people that are listening that, like you said, Whitney, maybe this is their first grief. I thought that was like, uh, I felt like that was kind of like a helpful thing possibly where like, I'm just literally just missing the loss of community. Like I love mm-hmm. community in all different ways. And like the loss of my job, the loss of like income and the loss of my clients, my, my clients are, I mean, I've been doing hair for like 16, 17 years. I don't even remember. And my clients are my friends and I'm used to seeing them every single week. And like, I'm feeling that loss. Mm-hmm. I'm also like super feeling the loss of like this year, Whitney's one of them. Like, all of my childhood friends were all turning 40 this year. It's a really big mm-hmm. birthday. And like, we're just not able to like celebrate in the ways that you wish you could like a lot of my friends. And so I don't know, that's been really like, I've been like really feeling for a lot of my friends that are having that 40th birthday during this time. Um, and just honestly, one of my biggest ones is my loss of personal space. <laughs> Like that yeah. was really been been like a real true mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man. So just kind of some of the things that have been helpful for me is, is just kind of like voicing to my husband, like, Hey, I need, like you said, I think you said this earlier. I don't even know when Chelsea, if it was on this one or the podcast we did before, like, just t- like, I just need some time. I just have to walk away and like go to the bathroom with my phone and like stay in the bathroom for 30 minutes or whatever. And just like voicing that to Anthony and like, just being like, or him voicing it to me and like helping each other, like get Mm -hmm. through it. Right. Like, Hey, I need to be alone right now or whatever. Um, I'm a huge journaler. And so, um, I've been trying every day to kind of just journal my feelings. Um, and I'm someone that isn't good at knowing my feelings either. And so that really helps me. And I find that to be helpful and, um, just being able to just reach out to my people, like through Marco Polo, through text, through Mm -hmm. zoom or whatever, that's been super helpful for me. Those are just some of mine. I like that. (laughs) Next. Um, I I can go next. Um, so it's been weird for me. I think one of the losses that I'm experiencing is, you know, a couple of years ago, I was at a place in life where I was grieving my whole life and I was grieving like my past, my present, my future all at one time and, and going through trauma. And so my whole world felt just all in shambles and torn apart and upside down. Right. And then I felt like I had just gotten to a place now where it's like I was starting to really be able to like start caring for myself and doing all these things and like gaining tools that I need not just for like my healing of the things that have gone on, but like just tools that I need for my life in general. And I felt like I was like really starting to get in like a good place with that. Like, and it felt like finally for once. And then this happened and I felt just like everything exploded all over again. And it's like, what do I do now? All these things was like, I went here, I did this. And it's like, I can't do any of that, you know? So it felt 
um, a lot at first of the like, I can't, you know, and I'm like, I know all the things like to be thinking and do and like reason, whatever, but I'm feeling really sad about this. I'm super overwhelmed. And like, I don't even know. I more now more than ever, I need to take care of myself. And so many people need so much from me. And they're all right there, you know, right in my face all day telling me all the things that they need. And like, where do I even begin trying to like assemble some type of care for myself somehow, some way? And so um, that was really hard. And that took a while. And I'm still trying to figure that out, I think. But I'm starting to process through that a little more. And like you were talking about, Catherine, like voicing my needs is really hard. And so I'm trying to like do those things of just like, I'm feeling super overwhelmed. I need like five minutes. I'm going to like put headphones in so that there's at least just like not like a noise volume for a little bit, like earplugs or just really trying to start doing some of those things. I've been um, doing a lot of gardening and exercising, which helps me feeling like my body working hard at something like physically working hard feels like it helps my emotions kind of regulate because my emotions are physically like hard. <laughs> I don't know. It seems to balance like those endorphins, all of those like sciencey things that they say exercise does, I think is real. You guys, <laughs> the research is true. I'm here to tell you. So, um, but just trying to get into a regular rhythm of that and not because like I feel like I have to or that's something that like someone on the Internet said you should be being really successful right now because I don't think that that's true at all. But I know that those are things that I need to do because it is care for myself, which then is in turn like care for the people around me because I'm not quite as psychotic. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I mean, my family is experiencing a lot of loss as far as like income job, not knowing as like small business owners, if that's going to be something you have after all this or not, um, family members that are experiencing, you know, terrible health things and they're, um, struggling through that and people are struggling through that in isolation. And so not being able to be there for other people, um, is really hard too. And just kind of the whole gamut. I know people that are on unsafe homes and are, you know, in yes. in isolation and quarantine with people who aren't safe people. And mm -hmm. it's just like, man, overall, it's just like such, such a whammy. And so, but trying to stay in the present, which David Kelser, um, that article that I was reading was talking about the anticipatory grief, but was talking about like to calm ourselves. Because I feel like that can get me really spiraling, right? but is to come into the present, right? Of like what you can do right now in this moment, letting go of like the things that you can't control and focusing on those things. And so sometimes I will, I'll just write that stuff down, like three things that like that day, like I can, like, you know, I can take like five minutes. I can unload the dishwasher, like just like something, some basic things that I know, like these are things that I can do and put my energy into and I need to let go of like these other things right now because I just can't do everything which I wish I could but I can't <laughs> don't so, we all <laughs> I don't know hopefully that all makes sense because it's very just like jumbled in my brain but totally no, makes sense. it totally makes sense and I think too kind of similar to like how you had mentioned like feeling like you were already like 
coming out of this like really rough time. And then finally, like the dust is kind of settled and you're feeling like you're ready to like move forward. I was kind of more in the like nowhere near settled. (laughs) So like my life implosion is still somewhat recent and I'm actually coming up on like almost a year ago when like my life completely got flipped upside down. So in a weird way that I would say the first like week to two weeks, I was having a major issues with like, because I'm well, the queen of therapy <laughs> these days, like I am just trying really hard. And like I talked about in my episode, just really trying to like, let myself feel the feelings I'm having and the feelings mm-hmm. I was having. I was like, this is terrible. Why am I feeling like this? Because what I was feeling was like, my whole world was crap. And it was very isolating to be feeling mm-hmm. like everyone else is like living their best life and like doing all these <laughs> wonderful things. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. okay, can, awesome. Really? That's great. Cause uh, my life is actually in shambles and I hate every minute of every day. <laughs> and it's really hard to like, just kind of fake it. And it's so isolating. Right. And then literally in a snap, everyone's life was in shambles and everyone's life was fucked. Oh, sorry. I'm really bad about not cussing. We're, we'll have to find out if in production we get those uh we'll get those bleeps on there. You know? Um and when you know, once that happened, I was like, Oh my god, I feel so I had I did, I promise. I did feel bad for people, but at the same time, I wasn't isolated anymore. And I didn't mm-hmm. have this like overwhelming sense of like, I'm the only one in the world. I knew I wasn't, but the feeling of I'm the only one I know that is in a horrible season of their life. And now everybody is, (laughs) everyone's joined me in this S show of a time. And my life kind of got better, to be honest. Like my job situation is pretty terrible and not having to go there every day. Amazing. Working from home, not ideal, but way better than working at that nightmarish place. So I was just like, oh my God, I like, I can't be thankful for a global pandemic, but like, oh, I kind of am. Like, I'm kind of like oddly enjoying a lot of this and I feel really bad about enjoying all of this. So working through it with my therapist, like just kind of, and then, and then like it got more real and it got more like, oh yeah, like working from home is actually like, impossible when you're like homeschooling and having a three-year-old mm-hmm. that like wants her butt wiped. So <laughs> I feel like I've kind of been like, you talked about like running this gamut of like a million different emotions and for the most part, like I I am, because I've been doing a lot of therapy, that's my self-care is like once a week, every Tuesday night, I come out to my car and I do an hour long um, therapy session with my therapist, which is different than it would be like if I was in her office, but it's better than nothing for sure. And Mm -hmm. it is just a way for me to like vent. Like I, obviously, if you've been to therapy, you're obviously talking about stuff that like I literally had an entire, I'm not kidding, one hour where I talked about like, probably not a full hour, but still like 30 minutes where I'm like, and then I was thinking about people that this and think people that this, and like just talking about all the people I was sad for. And she was just like, okay, keep getting them out, get them out there, get them out there. And then finally, like I exhausted my list of like every person on the planet I could think of that I could be sad for. And she was just like, okay, like feel that for them. And then like, let's try to like move past it. So that's like literally not keeping up at night. So spending time talking to her about things that I would never, I mean, give me a break. Like I would randomly get on the phone with someone and be like, Oh, so this is why I couldn't sleep last night. I would never do that to anyone. I know <laughs> that's not who I'm paying to listen to. So, and then I had another whole entire appointment with her where I, for one hour, I talked about how mad I was that my back was bothering me. Like I have back problems my whole life, blah, blah. And it's just, it's really bad right now. And it's really hard to sit and it's really hard to like get out and have fun with the kids. And I'm just so pissed off about it and my husband doesn't need to hear that all day every day because he's already doing the physical literal heavy lifting of this household 
he definitely doesn't need to hear me complain about it more. So it was just really nice for me to be able to have her to just vent about it. And I, just, I did, I just felt better that it wasn't all bottled up anymore. Of just like, mm-hmm. instead of just feeling angry, like I want to f- absolutely bash in walls because I don't want my back to hurt. Talking about it was really good for me. And I think if I wasn't in therapy once a week, cause I know that everyone obviously can't do that. Um, writing it down would be totally what I would do. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I have, I, I actually, my sister got me, have you guys seen that little like guided journal that's called let that S H I T. It has a little asterisk instead of the I <laughs> let that S <laughs> let that S go. Have you guys seen it? You can say, sh- I haven't say seen shit. it. Sounds cool. <laughs> you're just going to really- be our, you're just our cussing uh, <laughs> podcast. You're just our, I'll have a little E next to ours. Um, <laughs> like, it's, it's a really cool guided journal that like you just, it's like each day you, it doesn't have to be a day. Like I did three in one day and then I did none for like two weeks and then I did one yeah. or whatever. So it just like gives you a little prompt to like, okay, mm-hmm. like write down all these things that are super annoying to you and like write it down in light pencil and now take bright, fun, beautiful pen colors and write down all the things that are like wonderful and great. Like just like mm-hmm. cool things like that. So I like that. Uh, I think I definitely encourage people that don't have a therapist right now to have your own therapy sessions in your journal. And, um, for me, my other like thing I do, I, on Friday nights, I have a, um, happy hour, standing happy hour with my girlfriends, which is super fun. Um, and then I also do my chalking, which is also fun because it's as much as I hate that I do get very like social media e about it. Like I'm like, Oh, look at how many people liked it. Oh my God. I got five new followers. <laughs> I don't like that about it. Cause I do feel like I kind of am chasing the, the hearts, but it, it, it physically like brings me joy when I see like my little chalk on my sidewalk and I when people are stopping me when they're walking by like we love it we always turn up your streaks we want to see what you have on your sidewalk like it's just been really fun and really cool and people like reaching out to me and being like oh hey like I had this like random woman reach out that has a local business here in town and she's like we send out weekly e-newsletters like is it okay if I like attach some of your chalk and like tag you in it blah 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 I'm like yeah of course that's so cool I had a random radio station ask if they could repost some of my stuff I'm like okay so it's just been like really fun to know that like something that brings me joy is also bringing others joy um and then on my chalk thing too I had put a quote that my dad had kind of left for us before he passed that just very clearly states that like without the loss joy becomes commonplace please relish in the joy and like physically writing that out and then that day that was the next day after that was easter and it was sad because it was Easter. We didn't get to do the normal traditional things. And I asked the kids at the end of the day, like, how was it? How was your Easter? Brady was like, best Easter ever. And I was like, oh. So I'm trying really, really hard to like soak up that, that instant. Like he said that and like, like physically felt like joy within me. And I really mm-hmm. was focusing on relishing in that feeling and knowing that like there is joy in this. And like, we are going to experience joy and we need to just be that much like savor every ounce of it because of where we're at. Like we have all this loss right now. So we really do have to like take that time and find the joy and then relish in it once we find it. Love that. So for those that don't know, Whitney on Instagram is chalk about fulsome. (laughs) Go like, subscribe. (laughs) Go like, follow, subscribe. Get those hearts, girl. (laughs) Get those hearts, get those followers. No, but you really do have your little account has been like such a highlight to look through my feed to see like those positive messages out there. And it is cute. Like chalk art is cute and it's, you can't be mad about it when you 
Okay. Well, I appreciate that. And um, I'm going to help you get those hearts, girl. But I know this is something that that I wanted to give a little bit of resources to. I know we could probably talk about this forever. But speaking of how you guys were both talking about virtually seeing your guys' therapist, mm-hmm. and that's not a reality for a lot of people. That's not my reality right now. I wish it was, but it's not. Um, David Kessler, who we've said a million times on this podcast, I found this out today in my new obsession for him, has a free grief group counseling on mm-hmm. Facebook. And I think it's a couple, I mean, I know, I don't know that it's seven days a week, but it's like, it seems like it's Monday through Friday type of thing. So that is an amazing resource. If anyone's listening and is really needing help and you can't afford it, I know that there's other things out there, but that's mm-hmm. like an easy one that you can join. Um, yeah. He is also through, like I'm, Facebook Messenger, like um, like kind of like a Zoomish kind of way. No, it's through you just uh, you just join the group, I believe, and then oh, so it, like a Facebook group. Yeah, it's a group Facebook group. group. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm not a fa- I'm not a big Facebooker, so I don't know all the things, but um, it's through that group or whatever. And then I think he just he has different special guests on it all the time and stuff. He on his Instagram, he like posts about it a lot. So, um, check that out if you need some resources in that. Uh, speaking of him, Chelsea, sister Chelsea sent me mm. uh, Brene Brown's podcast. It's called Unlocking Us mm-hmm. with him on it, David Kessler. And it's their grief episode, which is yeah. go listen to it. It's, it's so amazing. Good. So good. And so good. I haven't read and this. The one, oh, sorry. No, I was going to say the one right before. I think the one right before, maybe two episodes before that same podcast, when she talks about comparative suffering is so, yeah, oh, is yeah. so good. Way good. The whole, I mean. So that's yeah. love anything you listen to on her is really good. <laughs> I know, right? That's my first one I listened to. Um, but anyways, that was great. And then his book on there, I haven't read this book, but it sounded amazing when he was talking about it. If you're wanting to like just read up on it, his book is called Finding Meaning, The Sixth Stage of Grief. And then another resources, sorry, I'm like a resource person. I like to give resources. I like it. Um, is that I saw this and we kind of talked about this. Whitney, you kind of talked about this. There's a lot of people, and I actually have a friend who they lost um their dad during this time. And so they had to, yeah, couldn't have the typical like grieving funeral and all that kind of stuff. I saw this number and I thought it was amazing. It's a coronavirus funeral hotline. And the number is 646. 646- three, nine, seven, eight, two, eight, one, where you can just call for whatever questions you have about, like, if you have a love, if you have someone, um, that died during it, you just have questions about like what that looks like and what do you do? And, or if you know mm-hmm. someone that's going through this time and you want to be able to give them resources, I just thought that was a really helpful thing, unfortunately yeah. to have during this time too. But, um, that is helpful. Yeah. yeah. I thought so too. Yeah. But Whitney, so the- we could talk to your little cussing butt all day <laughs> I know I had two things before I wrap it though that I kind of wanted to come back to you Catherine sure, sure, so sure. I'm gonna interject here because I can because this is my podcast too <laughs> yeah you so <laughs> are you trying, trying to, to stop me huh are you trying to no, say that I'm, I'm gonna get bossy no 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 I'm just gonna be bossy right this minute do it um no is I loved Whitney that you um stated that you when this all happened there was a part of you that was like kind of glad that other people were experiencing not that they're experiencing difficulty but that like you felt like everyone's kind of 
in the same boat now versus like I'm just in this boat all alone while everyone else is like having this rager party <laughs> on the beach like you know whatever and I'm like looking <laughs> type of thing and I just want to say one thank you for saying that because I think that's a hard a hard thing to say yeah. and so I respect you for saying that and because <laughs> that's I funny think that, you that, say that because I literally was like just sitting here like I kind of can't believe I said that I was not planning on saying that and I wonder if they can edit that out <laughs> no I'm glad <laughs> I and I'm going to tell you that. why I'm glad it's because I think that there's other people that are experiencing that and feeling guilty for yes, having that feeling like so much guilt yes and I want I think that people need to be okay with having those feelings because one, they're just feelings and your feelings are your feelings and right. that's okay. And feelings change and that's also okay. But I think that um, stating that and telling people like, it's okay to have those feelings. It's totally human. It doesn't make you a terrible person. Like it just makes you a human who's been having a rough time and other people are having a rough time now. And like all of those things are are accepted right like, like that's part that's of grief that. is accepting these things and and, and so, how you said that too like that i i did i had literally started off my conversation with her that my therapist that night with like i actually am like a bad person like i'm a horrible right. person that like this is how i'm feeling and normally like the pre-therapy with me would have just been like gotten a twinge of that feeling and like turned it off and been like mm. don't even go there don't think about that that's so jacked like don't do that but I like let myself feel it let myself process it and then process it more with her and I appreciate you saying that because I, I do feel like a very vulnerable like outing myself with that feeling but yeah the, the guilt that came along with that feeling was intense <laughs> yeah so I just want to say for other people that are experiencing that, that's okay. And you're yeah. seen and loved and supported and you are an amazing person, even uh, with you. feelings that you feel like might be difficult or not as acceptable or lovely as other things that like, mm -hmm. it's all, we're all on like, I feel like if this has pressed like a giant, like level, like leveling for so many things mm -hmm. um, to pause and people to reflect and be in places where you can offer more grace and be more empathetic because yeah. we're all in those places now where I feel like we can kind of do that more. And so I just wanted to like really point that out to maybe other people that are feeling like, oh, should I, is this okay? You know, because that's a hard, a hard feeling to sit with. Um, the other thing was, this is still from that same article I've been talking about, but I loved this and I felt like it's kind of a good place to come to like wrap things up in a way is um, it, it says like the, the person doing the interview asked David Kessler, what do you say to someone who's read all of this about grief during COVID and all of that and is still feeling overwhelmed with grief? And he said, keep trying. There's something powerful about naming this as grief. It helps us feel what's inside of us. So many have told me the past week, I'm telling my coworkers I'm having a hard time or I cried last night. When you name it, you feel it and it moves through you and emotions need motion. Oh, I like And so that. I love that. He goes on to talk about all of that just a little bit more. But I was just like, I feel like that's kind of what we're talking about here as like naming these feelings and this discomfort as grief and that being able to come to that place where we can recognize it does give motion, right? Yeah. To find well, support, to find healing. In that, I think in that same like vein is us as moms need to also help our kiddos articulate those feelings they may be having that they don't know how to name because they've never felt them before. A lot of our kids yeah. haven't had any kind of grief and not seeing their and this kids. This is major grief for them. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. not seeing their friends every day at school. It's huge. And if 
don't give them the opportunity or help them articulate those feelings, they're not, there's, that's just all going to sit like right there in them, you know? And it, like you were saying before, is it comes out in other ways. Yeah, it does. It, those, all of those feelings need to be expressed, but it's just like, are we expressing them in a way that's helpful or only going to cause like more hurt? Right. Totally. So did you have anything else, Catherine, before we wrap it up? Cause I, um, I don't bossy Chelsea. No, <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I just know that we're all very long winded and this will be a five hour podcast. No, it's we're, we're doing okay. We're it's okay. Good. No, I just want to thank you, Whitney, for coming back on again. And, and just like Chelsea said, being super vulnerable with the real feelings that mm-hmm. you feel and that we all feel like if people were brave enough to be as vulnerable as you, we all have those feelings that we're not so proud of saying, right. Yeah. And that's fine. And that's normal. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that I love that you brought that back around Chelsea, because I think that's going to give a lot of people a lot of permission to be like, Oh, good. I'm not the only one that feels this way too. So Whitney, yeah. you're the best. Uh, yeah, thank, well, thank you so you much. I appreciate, yeah. I appreciate you guys thinking to bring me back on. And um, yep, I'm still fine for your satellite sidekick spot. So <laughs> we like, you. okay. <laughs> so you, be, you can connect, except for you're going to be our cousin satellite sidekick. No, sorry, no. We're going to have to come up with like <laughs> something, some new sidekick. name. There, the swearing sidekick. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> so you can connect with us on Instagram at talking about the no-nos and we'll put resources and links to some of the stuff that we've been talking about. You can connect with us through email, talking about the no-nos at gmail.com and as always find your safe people to talk about the no-nos with. 